Hello, hello, and welcome to episode six. Five. Six. Sort of six, but the last one was episode four and a half, remember? Let's start again. <laughs> Buongiorno, and welcome to episode five of the Drunken Transfer Fantasy Football Podcast. You join us in a week where we've done all right. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with my game week Well, Finn has been the smuggest man in South Wales all weekend <laughs> because he's the proud owner of statistically the highest scoring asset in the game. Woo! Love Rodrigo! You nonchalantly were like, oh, I'm quite happy with Rod- Rodrigo after the first week. And now that he's got three goals... In two weeks, you were you weren't quite doing laps around the pub. You were celebrating with a frosty glass of orange juice in the sun. I was cock of the walk, mate. I was I was reveling in the sun. And you know what? I thought it had been a very good game week for me, and it still was an eighty-four point on my end. You had a sixty-six point on your end. Yeah, I got the better of you in week one, and you've got the better of me in week two. And in our uh, mini league, Insignia in the Membrinia, only. Three people in the league. It's the two <laughs> Finns, brother Finn, friend Finn, and me. Yeah. Um, Eggs, Hollandaise, peanut butter, and Loom Loom Electric Loom. A bit of wordplay for all the Reading fans out there who are currently 1 0 up against hey. Black, hey. Uh, Blackburn Rovers. Blackburn. Expect to have, as we record this episode, by the way, episode 5, expect uh, <laughs> to have various Reading versus Blackburn score updates throughout the episode. My, my mood Should is be- entirely contingent on how Reading do in that game. <laughs> Just to warn you all in advance. Uh, you are currently sitting pretty on 146 points. Yeah. I'm flagging behind on 135 points. But so far, we've had two game weeks above the average. So well done you. Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, it could have been it could have been so much better. I was going into the Monday night fixture, Liverpool versus Palace, thinking that I could really open up a big lead uh, if I'd got the captaincy choice right. And I thought, as I'd captain Salah, and you've just got Salah and his normal points haul, I can double what you get and potentially open up what was not just a nine-point lead. But I was thinking, oh, you know, if he gets a goal, gets an assist, could be... Don't get greedy. Points. I know, but... Don't no, get greedy. And, and that's greedy. the key, isn't it? Don't count your chickens mm. before they come in because Salah didn't do anything. And it's, it's, a, it's a modest 11-point lead I have over you at the moment. But... That's something that can erode very quickly in the fantasy football big terms. winners this week, obviously, are the, the brave souls that had the foresight slash time-travelling capabilities to captain uh, Gabriel Fernando de Jesus. Yeah. Who well, got an astonishing 19 points. By the way, his XG haul this week outscored 17 teams on XG alone. Incredible. So Jesus got an XG of 2.11. 78% of the game own him now. If you haven't got Jesus in... What are you doing? Other notable highlights from game week two. Uh, Reese James has continued to score the points for me. He's moving steadily. He's had seven points in each game week for me. Cancelo's had an excellent couple of game weeks on an 11-point haul last week and seven before that. So for, for, for me and you, we shared Martinelli, we shared Jesus. Martinelli's another one. He's actually got eight in each week. Yeah, yeah. I, I obviously very luckily ended up keeping Kane over Haaland. However, any gain that I'd have got back from that was made up by the fact that your captaincy of Haaland um, outdid my Salah captaincy which sort of kind of ended up levelling it up for the pair of us mm. and then obviously Rodrigo for me great differential pick 15 points amazing Bailey didn't quite come off and oh. again and he's uh, dropped in price yeah yeah. and I had I had Ryer in goal you had Ward so that was where the differences really were this week 
In uh, terms of the big losers from game week two, yeah. now would be a good time to introduce that regular part of the show where we talk about tanking your ranking, or specifically, tank your rank. Tank your rank! Now, the, the rank that's being tanked this week is not my own. A gentleman by the name of Sam Hall who's a lecturer in Bristol teaching A-level politics. Hi, Sam. From a fancy football perspective, he's by far and away had the worst week out of both of us as he had the inspired, inspired move of triple-captaining Darwin Nunez. Which uh, netted him a stonking minus six points. That's incredible. Minus six, He's yeah. then tweeted Statman Dave, Alistair Bruce Ball, Chris Sutton and Five Live Sports. So the whole gang. Yeah, the fantasy football pod, of course. Saying, how do I stop myself deleting the app after game week two? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's one way in which you could have tanked your rank last week. Finnegus, any ideas on how you can tank your rank this week? Yeah, mine is investing in or keeping Aston Villa assets. Mm. If you've got Leon Bailey... Uh, which I know you have, uh, and you've only got the one transfer and can't get him out, I think that is fine, so long as you have him on your bench. If you've got any more than Leon Bailey, you do need to start to think about transferring them out, and don't get them in, because Villa's defence has been atrocious. Villa are away to Crystal Palace in week three. Now, Palace were your picks, Jake, to finish seventh in the season, if you go and listen to our Premier League predictions episode. Bold, however... What a performance against Liverpool. Oh, yeah, amazing. And um, in terms of replacements, you could have got out for Bailey were it not for the fact that he's cunningly dropped 0.1 in price. Uh, I saw somebody go for the rather spicy pick, although not quite spicy enough to feature on Roll Spice, spice. which will be later. (laughs) Um, Somebody got out um, old Leon for Eberichietze. Not a bad move at all. But I think in terms of if you've got any Villa defensive assets, you know, Emmy Martinez, Luca Dini, who obviously scored an own goal, uh, or Matty Cash, any owners of those players, use that transfer this week. Because I think there's a very, very small chance that Villa go and keep a clean sheet against a very impressive uh, attacking uh, contingent for Palace. After that, their next games are West Ham, Arsenal and Manchester City. The whole of that Villa defence is a bit of a meme, really, because, I mean, you've got Diego Carlos is very sadly injured. His yeah, knees exploded. Cool. <laughs> well, that's another reason, isn't it? And, Carlos uh, ain't going to be there. Well, no, that's it. He's not going to feature for the foreseeable. Um, you've got the FPL meme that is Luca Digne, the eternal fantasy troll who wiped out his own clean sheet with an 87th minute own goal this week. But I, I reckon that sagely advice from the Stockton, stay away from Villa defensive assets. And if you like me, you're probably scrabbling around the bottom of the barrel looking for a Leon Bailey replacement, but more on that later. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about our transfer plans because it's a little bit more interesting this week than just are you doing the Holland to Kane switch. You've got two free transfers in the bank. Well, I think... Out of the two of us, I've got the more template team. Yeah. And with the two free transfers, if you're like me and you've got those in the bank, the possibilities are endless. And yeah. this is the time when, you know, we might start to see the template start to sort of fracture and move off in different directions, especially with the emergence of players who weren't really in the conversation before the start of the season, like Rodrigo. I'd be interested to see how many people pivot to Gundogan this week. Well, He's one that I yeah. was thinking of maybe getting in, were not for sticking with Mount. So, interesting times afoot, Finnegus. Yeah, Rodri- I mean, I, just, I will touch on Rodrigo a little bit later when we talk about Leeds you can't Chelsea. Help I do find it a bit crazy that I picked him up obviously at the start of the year when he was under 1% ownership. He was still not particularly highly owned. I think he was still only about 1% ownership uh, for the Southampton game where he scored a couple of goals. 
But then going into the Chelsea game, he's gone up to 9.9% ownership. And I kind of think that is potentially a case of people chasing yesterday's points mm. because whilst I will keep Rodrigo for Chelsea because he's got good fixtures after When it. you touch upon chasing points I mean on the subject of you could have been a Mitrovic owner or a uh, Darwin <laughs> Nunez the, uh, I heard someone describing it as describe him as the Uruguayan Andy Carroll this yeah. week. <laughs> Well you, you you made a very um, solid point earlier on to me which that's is that game week two is <laughs> that's rare <laughs> game week two has really punished the reactionaries because anyone who got in Mitrovic saw him have a, a, a minus pointer Anyone who got in Nunes saw them have a minus pointer. Saliba. Saliba had a minus pointer. And anyone who thought, oh, Luca Dini's good uh, value against Everton also saw them mm. have a minus pointer. So there was some interesting. Got to get ahead of the curve. Yeah, exactly. Uh, should we want to talk about game week three fixtures? Yes, because there are a couple of standouts to me. Should we start with Spurs versus Wolves? Go go chronologically through um, what we're going to see and yeah. go for the early kickoff. Early first. kickoff, never back the early kickoff in terms of the captaincy, <laughs> unless you have Harry Kane, who actually is looking like a fairly decent shout for the well, yeah, this week. He wasn't great against Chelsea. He did score the, the 96th minute equaliser. His all-round play wasn't brilliant. And there is the classic August curse of Harry Kane where he doesn't seem to score. Maybe that's been broken. Does Conte have a touchline ban for this one? I don't know, actually. I'm not sure whether Conte or Tuchel have touchline Because that, not that it remotely impacted stuff from a fantasy perspective, but it just from, from the neutral's perspective, it was bloody hilarious to see oh. them going hammer and tong at each other. So funny. But, so um, funny. Who'd yeah. win? Who'd win in a fight? Oh. Conte or Tuchel? Uh, I reckon Conte's a scrapper, whereas I think Tuchel's sneaky and angry. Do you really? Do you think so? Yeah. I, think t- I think Conte would hammer I reckon Tuchel. Tuchel's a hair puller. <laughs> Whereas I reckon Conte would, I don't know, like sit on you or kick you in the balls. The the one thing I want to say about Tottenham before we move on really quickly um, is the introduction of Richarlison as a substitute against Chelsea, um, who made a massive, massive difference. It sort of seemed to change the game, really, because Richarlison was pulling Chelsea defenders out of position, making runs in behind that Kudasevsky wasn't doing whilst he was playing. And I think that for, from, a, from a Tottenham perspective, you'd be really happy because you'd go, well, this is good for the squad. It gives us different options. From an FPL perspective, however, it makes investing in either Richarlison or Kudasevsky quite difficult. So I think at this point, if you have Kulu, yes, he might start against Wolves. However, I would probably try and pivot to either Mount or Saka, who are more guaranteed against Leeds and Bournemouth, because mm. you're, you're more likely to get a return. No one's really surprised that Wolves aren't bagging you know, goals by the dozen, but if you're a Neto owner, you're a little disappointed. Mm. I mean, both of the picks in that category that people were going as template picks, Bailey and Neto, neither of them set the world alight. No. I mean, what you're going to get with Neto is at least he's going to start. So maybe this is the week for him. Should we go Palace Villa? Go on, why not? I've made my point about Villa already, to be honest, you've been your rank in that I don't think they are particularly worth investing in. The one thing I would say is that Bailey ain't going to start. No, I mean, the disappointing thing there for Bailey owners, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the fact that he didn't start I mean that was obviously gutting basically thought oh okay right I've set myself up for a one pointer here the nail in the Bailey coffin Mm. was the fact that Ings and Watkins combined really well to score which is why he isn't going to start that's exactly they look so much better in terms of their attacking link up when Watkins is playing I mean I know he he's a bit profligate in front of goal sometimes Palace on the other hand Palace is a slightly strange one. I'm going to talk a little bit later about Wilf Zaha. You've mentioned Eze, who, who has been fab. 
the only slightly interesting thing with them is that they don't really still have a concrete scorer mm. in their team. No, well, I'm, I'm just waiting for Elise to break in and become the main man in that team. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't listened to our bonus mini-sode, Jacob's young star <laughs> of the season is Michael Elise. Yeah, and that's definitely not my Reading bias showing at all. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to just check the score in that game. It's probably half-time by now. And it's still 1-0. Happy days. My mood is still at like a happy 7 out of 10. Shall we move on to Everton Forest? Let's do it, yeah. For me, Everton Forest is the battle of the £4 million enabler defensive options. It's uh, Patterson versus Williams. Yeah, I've got Patterson and you've got Williams. Which is strange, really, because at the start, I was suggesting Patterson and you were suggesting Williams. We 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 both swapped, (laughs) yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. I mean, Forest, very impressive 1-0 win against West Ham. Ham, of course, yeah. they seemed like predestined to win that game on the highlights. It was incredible, everything was going their way. Yeah, but Everton still look as much of a lost cause attacking wise and defensive wise as they ever have done, really. Well, I mean, the Sky reporting today that they're still in for Broha, and I know they've been linked with Che Adams as well. They definitely need a striker. I think this one's a really intriguing one because neither team seem to have found their feet yet. If I had to do a prediction now, I'd say nil-nil. Yeah, I would too. So maybe if you've got Nico Williams on your bench, <laughs> maybe play him. Maybe play him. <laughs> yeah, he's got Williams and Patterson. I think yeah. for, for me, uh, if I'm a Forest fan, uh, working under the assumption that Anthony Gordon is going to be playing up top for Everton against their back line of the weekend I would not be worried in the slightest no also big fan of how Anthony Gordon has stolen Princess Diana's hair I think the only thing I would say about uh, Forrest because Everton still looks so wobbly defensively and because of, we, we know how lethal Lingard can be when he's on song is that it, without Yerry Mina in that Everton defence Lingard could find some space I but I don't know that he's worth so, a shout. I was so, so worried for a second that you were going to say, oh, well, this is the week when you've got to bring in Brennan Johnson. Oh. Like, bring it, just bring him in and captain him. You never know. Like could... Triple captain Brennan Johnson. Could be a pick on Roll the Spice. Oh, stop it, you. <coughs> stop it. I'm sick to death of you. I'm sick to my stomach. You like Brennan Johnson. Where has this newfound hatred come from today? When we were watching Match of the Day, we were like, well, people stop talking about Brennan Johnson now that he's had a goal disallowed. Remember when... When Forrest were, you know, on the, the historic push up the table last season, and every, everyone like who was a neutral was like, "Oh God, really hope Forrest go up." That extended to Sky Sports doing like a compilation every single Forest match on television of like Brennan Johnson's dad in the crowd. It's like they had Brennan Johnson dad cam. It did my head in. Right, time for Fulham Brentford, the battle of the outposty London teams. Yeah, I mean, look. My mood is slightly more cheered this week because whilst my actual team had a mare, my fantasy team did quite well. <laughs> However, at the time, Brentford Manchester United was a source of great pain in the Jacob and Finn household. Brentford were amazing. Yeah, it was the Christian Eriksen derby. It was. I thought it was pathetic the way that Eriksen was booed in that game, by the way. Oh, I yeah, it was completely I mean, strange, get in the bin, but... Brentford fans, if you're booing Eriksen. That's just just awful. If I was on a wild card, which I know some people... Um, My are brother going, is. Are going to be, right. Shout out Finn's um, mouth club. I don't know what Finn's wild card is, but I would um, be a strong advocate for Ivan Tony. Mm. Um, Tony was brilliant against us. He didn't get a goal. His all-round play was superb. Uh, he was really good against Leicester. If you're going on form and Brentford's fixtures are really, really good, I think Tony could be one to, to look at. Brentford's fixtures are great. It's just green, green as far as the eye mm. can see. 
Well, and, and, and this is maybe time to talk about the fact that uh, our roll the spice picks last week uh, were you had Josh De Silva of Brentford. Well, the thing is, unlike you, I don't like to toot my own horn too much. So well, I was sort of playing it cool. Like, yeah, I picked Josh De Silva as my roll the spice last week, <laughs> back when nobody owned him. Well, you know, and he scored. Well, he got uh, seven points. But do you remember you sort of scoffed when I said, well, he's playing Man United, which means, I, I, you know, I'll back him against United. <sighs> I really, really, I mean, let's, let's be... Let me completely front up about this, by the way. Yeah. It was a very jammy, lucky goal. It was. He was very good, though. He did play well, and especially when... I mean, he didn't start in the previous fixture, and I thought he did very well from from the off. Let it be said, though, that he's managed to get two goals in two game weeks with a spectacular XG score across those two game weeks of 0.07. Wow. I don't know how he's done it. Well, I mean, yeah, like like you say, the the United one was fortunate. I mean, it was an absolute <laughs> catastrophe from David de Gea, but, but his, his his goal in game week one was excellent. And uh, if you're looking for, I mean, he's gone up to four point six now. But if if you're looking for someone to maybe swap Bailey out for, hopefully he goes up by another point one. You can probably do a lot worse than Josh Silver. Just don't bank on him to return yeah. every week, basically. My role the Spikes pick was um, Anthony Robertson. And Robinson did keep a clean sheet against Wolves. It was a six-pointer. The fullback still looked decent for Fulham, I thought. I mean, I was sort of kind of... I had him in there because I thought the attacking potential was not too bad. Mm. Um, so a seven-pointer and a six-pointer. We did put up a poll who was best. You guys voted... Josh De Silva against Anthony Robinson, nine to one. But we will see this week because it's De Silva in the attack. I love it. I love it. I'd love it if we beat him. And a moment of silence for Mitrovic owners after. Yeah. Also, minus Hall, sorry. If, did you see the Mitrovic headbutt? No. I'm, this completely passed me by. This is ridiculous. I saw this on Match of the Day earlier on. I think you were having a snooze at the time. I was having a snooze. I was curled um, up. Darwin Nunes got sent off against. Um, Crystal Palace, rightly so, for shoving his head into Wacky Manderson twice. He, um, you could say he whacked him, man. <laughs> Wacky yeah. Manderson, very good. Whack him, oh, Whack him, Anderson. It sounds like a command, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> Whack him, Anderson. Go on. Um, Mitrovic did the exact same thing with Morgan Gibbs White mm. to a worse Morgan extent. Gibbs Morgan Gibbs shite. VAR had a look at it and gave nothing. How much salt would it have rubbed into the wounds of those people who had brought him in if he'd not only had missed the penalty but also got himself sent It's also quite nice, isn't it, the way that like Darwin Nunez looks like a, a polite young boy who wouldn't <laughs> l- l- seem to have headbutting someone in him. And then you look at uh, Mitrovic and you think, oh, I wouldn't want to run into him down the dark. I'm not like, sure Darwin Nunez looks like a polite young boy. I think he looks like a polite young boy. I'd quite like to, you know. Uh, I, I'd bring Darwin Nunez home to my mum. <laughs> Let's move on very quickly. Yeah, Leicester-Southampton. The Leicester damp squib just keeps on rolling on, doesn't it? It's. Um, I, I was saying to you earlier today, wasn't I, they're a club that cannot wait for the transfer window to slam shut. You were. I'm struggling to think of standout Leicester assets other than... James Madison. Yeah, Madison, who scored another peach. There were some great goals in that Leicester-Arsenal game. And yeah, Madison's one to keep an eye on. Bournemouth Arsenal, Bournemouth who everyone was expecting to be a whipping boy against City. They kind of got off a, a bit lightly, didn't they, Finn? Yeah, I mean, it was a game, it was it, it played exactly as everyone thought it was going to be. Classic Scott, case of the promoted team. Just Scott yeah, Parker yeah. wasn't at all, um, he, he didn't go for it. He Scott Parked the bus. He did Scott Park the bus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, yeah, I mean, I would expect Bournemouth to have a touch more ambition this week because they're at home, but... 
I think Arsenal's the the slightly more interesting one to talk about. I the the prospect of Arsenal being remotely good now is horrifying to me, <laughs> just because great. of my own personal like prejudices. Right? Yeah, well, but I, they're looking really good. I mean, like you said, the, their Brazilian lads have just formed this incredible telepathic bond. They really other. have. I mean, watching again didn't get to see the game, of course, because it was a three o'clock kickoff. But watching the highlights, Martinelli and Jesus just seem to be really on the same. Martinelli way. keeps on doing the biz for us. I mean, he, I expect him to rise in price another couple of times over the week. Well, he's 6.3 after two game weeks having been at six. Must be one of the highest rises in the game. He is the highest rise in the game, yeah, Yeah, so far. You've shown me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wouldn't lose faith with William Saliba. Uh, He scored an own goal. Um, A bit unfortunate. He still looked fantastic at the back. Um, But I've worked out what I find so infuriating about you. Oh, yeah. Where you tip... Like a very, very average striker to do brilliant things. We had Joe Gelhart on episode one. We've already touched on Brennan Johnson this podcast. Earlier, you were saying, Yeah, I reckon. Like, who was it? For- Kiefer Moore. Fucking Kiefer Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kiefer Moore. Fucking Kiefer Moore. So, you, you were like, Oh, I think it could be a really intriguing option. But no, I didn't say. I actually, I actually didn't say. I thought it'd be an intriguing fantasy option. I thought that intriguing I, I think, in the sense. I that think it, he'll do well this season. I think. I think that um, for Bournemouth, having a six foot five lump up top, and he has got. I mean, he's you. Bournemouth didn't attack against Manchester City at all. But what you could see when they did get forward, Moore was still doing bits against their defence on the scraps that he had to feed mm. off. I, I don't know. I, I think um, he's 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 not going to get loads, but five and a half is you know cheap. <laughs> and the people at home can't see my eyes rolling into the back of my head. Should we go Leeds Chelsea? Yeah, we're on to Sunday, twenty first of August, Year of Our Lord, twenty twenty two. Leeds Chelsea kicking off at two p.m. Should all go well and not like have an asteroid wipe out Ellen Road. <laughs> You've got very post-apocalyptic all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like we change from the drunken trance to War of the World. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, you know, just change up the tone a little bit. You know, keep people on their toes. Ooh. Who, I mean, we talked about Rodrigo. Yeah. Uh, if I mention Rodrigo again, your head will just expand. Bamford's injured, so Rodrigo's probably going to play striker Ooh. against Chelsea. Do you think they'll help him, though? Because he's been thriving in his current role. Yeah, that is a good point. That is a good point. He's on pens. Yeah. I don't think he'll do anything. The but... Chelsea, on the other hand, there's so much to discuss here. Because, like, Chelsea, for me, the, because they're a team who've made sign-ins and are, are very much sort of, like, in flux because of who's left as well... Kutcherea, mm. who everyone was thinking, oh God, do, do Chelsea really need Kutcherea? Is he worth 60 million to Chelsea? He played excellently against Spurs. He was a real revelation. You said you still wouldn't get him in though. Well, I think Tuchel's grand plan yeah. is if they get Fafana through the door, then you're going to have Kutcherea and James at wing-back, whereas at the moment James is sort of filling in as a as a centre-back on the side but uh, still only getting involved. Spurs game. Yeah, but I've saw their fans saying that that could be a, a longer-term option anyway. But tactics aside as well, I mean, with with it sounding like hudson Doy is going to be off and Tuchel made some really interesting comments um, about Chilwell, who had an excellent game week one, got a nine-pointer. He was saying how Couturier basically has the engine on him to go the whole game and be like consistent in terms of like a I think he used the word rhythm. Mm-hmm. Chilwell, on the other hand, he's saying he's basically a bench option for them at the moment. Well, he says that he's not fit enough. He's, right. he's training with the under twenty three. It's currently Indeed, and until he gets up to speed in terms of like rhythm or engine or whatever, like Tuchel called it, then it's kind of looking like Couturier's spot to lose, and that to me 
has made me more interested in Kutraya than I was a week ago. Because he's five million. Yeah, I, I mean, mean and, uh, that's well, cheap way into that Chelsea defence. When it looked like he was going to City, everyone was talking about him being a bargain way into that City defence. I think the same kind of applies to Chelsea now. I mean, something to let you into secret, I'm kind of contemplate for next week is maybe finding a way to engineer a move from Bailey as part of my 4 4 2 to basically playing Couture as my fifth defender. Okay, so you go Bailey down to a four and a half and then yeah, get Couture. Something I'm, something I'm strongly sort of considering at this stage. Interesting. I don't know how you'd manage to get him in. I'll have a fiddle for Because you've got a four millionaire in mm. Nico Williams and a five millionaire. Mm. So if you went down to four and a half, you'd still have another 0.5 to find. Oh, balls. Well, I better hope for someone to. <laughs> <laughs> I've been outdone by maths again. Um, um, shall we go West Ham? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, Brighton's attacking assets look really nice. They could they, they couldn't score against Newcastle, but fucking hell, they did everything. But it's interesting. Welbeck, Trossard, and Gross were all really dangerous, but they need to finish their tenure. Trossard's another. Is he sort of like uh, Leandro Trappard for me? Because Ooh. in previous seasons, I think I flirted with the idea of Trossard, and he's a very patchy, streaky player for me. Yeah. Um, what do you think is going to happen with West Ham and Brighton? Because West Ham could be starting to incur a bit of pressure if they lose this as well. I know, and well, you know, and also people who listen to our season predictions, mini-sode all know, not really banking much on West Ham this season. I think I had them down to finish 10. Yeah, I mean, they've only got Kerr and Scamacho so far, and they've been quite frustrated in the trip. Absolutely, I mean, they've been linked with players who just, you know they can't get over the line, and I know Moyes is a little bit put out by it, and not not because I know him personally, just you know <laughs> what you hear on the grapevine. It's funny; I don't think I've ever been more turned off any West Ham assets than I have yeah. now. Do you yeah. know what I mean? In recent seasons, when they've always been valued for like one or two sort of interesting picks, there aren't really any of those West Ham. They, they may come good, but not for the moment. I think. Yeah, uh, Newcastle, Manchester City. Uh, I thought the Holland stuff was really interesting against. Bournemouth. I only got four touches of the ball. Incredible. One of which was a assist. And one of which was a centre circle pass. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, I think suggesting that he wasn't involved enough in the play, that is sort of understandable against a Bournemouth side who are sitting Ten back. Ten men behind the ball. Yeah, I mean, City have got plenty of other assets. Mm. It, with, you know, with your Foden's, your Mahrez's, your De Bruyne's, your Gundogan's, you know, Bernardo Silva wasn't playing, Grealish wasn't playing. They had enough there to be able to engineer the ball around them. I think against Newcastle, we're going to see something that's more akin to what we saw against West Ham, in that Newcastle will be more progressive, that will leave more space in behind for Haaland. So, I think someone who doesn't have Haaland will be going out without him. I'm almost more worried about not having against Newcastle than I was against Bournemouth. Wow, okay. I mean, for me, I mean, as a Haaland owner, ha ha ha. Yeah, I'm not worried about Haaland at all. I think... um, like you say, the way that Bournemouth basically set up to nullify him yeah. as well. I mean, he had chances in that game. He was constantly in the right positions. Were it not for the fact that Foden shot directly at um, Travers. Twice, actually. Twice. And yeah, one, of, one, of, one of them went in, but Indeed. Guardiola was not happy. No, after the game, he was basically saying that you know the, the rest of the team need to be aware that he's always going to be there, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, he, and, he would have had, and he would have had goals. Indeed. So for me, I think Haaland is... Yeah, you know, it's just it's a matter of time until he absolutely spanks someone. Yeah. And I think on that note, if you're still on the Trippier train, the Trippier <laughs> yeah. wagon, 
Um, get off it. This might... I think I would probably, if I was a Tribune owner, pivot to somebody else for this week. You could always bench him if you had someone like Pereira in there and you didn't really want to waste him. But, I mean, I, I, I did the very sideways move of getting him out for Kyle Walker. And it was a little bit disappointing to me that Newcastle, despite the fact that Brighton absolutely peppered their goal, actually did end up keeping a clean sheet. So it was kind of a bit of a moot point having Trippier or Walker. You're never getting Walker in for his attacking returns, though. No, although he has been playing further forward this season. Mm. So, you know, he hasn't had any attacking output yet, but he's playing a lot more progressively than he has been in, in previous seasons. If you look at his average position on the pitch. I think the other thing on the on the Walker point, because I know this has come up for a couple of weeks now, I think it's, for me, the thing that turns me off is the fact that it prohibits you from getting an, another City asset. I think for me, I'm, I've only got the two in at the moment, Cancelo and Haaland, but if I did have Triple City and one of them was Walker, I maybe want to have in a more... I don't know, an asset with a higher ceiling than a Kyle Walker. Is that a fair comment? Maybe. I just sort of think that City keeps so many clean sheets that it's it's quite a safe pick. In the same way that people have got Edison at five and a half, yeah. I think you may as well going for Walker at five. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of... It, it's it, just indicative of our different styles. To be yeah, honest. perhaps. The, the, the last thing I want to very quickly say about Manchester City is if you're a Jack Grealish owner, and don't get me wrong, I'm I nearly not, was. I'm, you nearly were. <laughs> I, I'm not an advocate. I'm not someone who would want to get Jack Grealish in. However, if you are a Jack Grealish owner, and you're thinking a bit about shitting the bed and Christ, he didn't start against Bournemouth, maybe I'll get him out. I think Guardiola's comments after the game about Phil Foden needing to learn to find Haaland, if you watch that second half where Grealish came on, Grealish was looking to find him mm. almost constantly. Foden so got he, hooked at half-time. He did, for, for Grealish. So I think that Grealish is quite likely to start the next game yeah, because Guardiola will probably like the fact that he's playing into his, his ideals, his system a bit more. Predicting Pep Guardiola lineups are always like reading tea leaves. <laughs> but I mean, if Jack Grealish, back Grealish, or don't back Grealish. I haven't backed Grealish. Um, the pièce de résistance of the whole weekend is Manchester United against Liverpool, which in another time might have been billed as a big game. Instead, yeah. this is an easy opportunity for three points for Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah, Monday night football. Uh, like I say, if you got the Robertson Trent double up in defence, now's the time to back him. Beat you guys by a ratio of nine goals to nil last oh, season, didn't they, on aggregate? Yeah. I mean. No. It's, it's, and it's and it'll be a, it'll be a mauling again. Not 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 enough has changed this week. Um, we haven't got anybody in, uh, and we, we've we've still got players who 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 are quite frankly shy. Here's a, an interesting tidbit for you. <laughs> um, Rumours circulating today that Harry Maguire might be benched for that one. Yeah, I saw that, and apparently uh, last week against Brentford uh, on Thursday, by the time they were training on the Thursday, Ten Hag had got ten of his eleven players. <laughs> Ten of his hugs. Ten of his hugs. Uh, nailed down the one position that he was uh, considering was whether to have Maguire or Varane. He went with Maguire. We saw what happened. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Varane Martinez. Schroding his centre back. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like Liverpool, obviously, they're going to be without Darwin Nunez, which means Firmino's likely to start. Yep. Diaz scored an absolute peach of a goal. It's gorgeous. Against Palace. Palace. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I'm still, like you say, going into it with, with Robertson and Trent. I feel good. I feel like they can really get at, get mm. at you from, from the wings. So. Yeah, I think Nunes missing out might give Salah and Diaz a better chance of, a, of more of an attacking output as well. Because with Nunes in the box, you're sort of looking to find him. And it means that Salah and Diaz don't make quite so many runs into the area. 
into the era. Into the era. <laughs> into the area. <laughs> Um, with Firmino, he is a sort of more of a false nine, which means that Diaz and Salah are getting into the box more. So, you know, could could, could be good for Diaz and Salah. For me, and this might shock you, or it might not, because <laughs> you know how it goes with Man United, of the options for the captaincy in my team, and I know yeah. we're going to get on to talk about that now, I'm leaning towards Salah. I, I think Salah is possibly the more attractive captaincy pick away to United than Holland against Newcastle. Is that crazy? Um, Maybe. For for me, if I had Holland, I'd be captaining him against Newcastle. I kind of, I kind of see it being a similar situation to West Ham. Let's talk about it a little bit in terms of it being open for captaincy in game week three. It is wide on, open. It is open. Depending on the assets you've got, I'd be going. If you got Holland, I would have him as the captain. If you have Salah, I'd uh, it, you know I'd have him behind Holland. Uh, if you don't have either Holland or Salah, are you mad? I'd have Son. <laughs> Uh, against Wolves because I think Son's due a big attacking output uh, and then I probably have uh, De Bruyne followed by Jesus I don't think Jesus is going to get another 19 pointer I think if you're going to captain him you should have captained him uh, last I week an, an argument in Jesus' corner of just how involved he is for Arsenal yeah. you know what I mean? I mean he got two goals and assist in that game two goals it, and two assists really wow okay I can't keep count <laughs> would he be your one behind Salah would he Mm, I think I'd, I'd still only be as bold as to maybe Captain Salah and have Holland as my vice. But I mean, captaincy this week, it's just like what I was saying earlier in that game week three being what maybe the first divergence for the season. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to see the breakdown of, of captaincy uh, come the weekend. Fascinating. I've seen polls go up for it that have been completely different and that you don't usually see that. You know, you don't usually see different results. On the subject of polls. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, so should we talk about game week three transfer options? Yes. Do you want to talk about my poll? Well, about? yeah, I mean, because at the time of me retweeting it, you had a grand <laughs> total of how many how many votes like on your poll? seven? You and your brother retweeted it for me. Shout out to Finn as well. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about what he would do here. Yeah, I put up a poll um, basically trying to assess uh, my options for getting Jaden Sancho out this week. He's gone down in price, so he's now 7.4 mil, which means the Sancho to Gunduan switch, which is quite attractive, is no longer on. That's the second week in a running that I've had a Man City asset that I want to get in. that I can't. <laughs> um, so I put out another poll um, looking at four other midfield assets that I could potentially get in for Sancho, who I think could do well. So I had Wilfred Zaha was one of them. The rationale behind Zaha is the fact that, as I talked about earlier, Villa's defence is poor. And I think that he's quite likely to capitalise. The downside with Zaha is that his future fixtures are really rubbish and yeah. it would possibly lead me to having to do an early wildcard. So it's quite a short-term option. Mm. I then had Leandro Trossard. Uh, his fixtures, by contrast, are great. The downside is that West Ham is is quite a difficult fixture to see him getting a return in, but that is as difficult as it gets. He's been getting into good positions uh, and Brighton have been getting into really good positions. So it could be a matter of time before he starts scoring, but he hasn't yet. So it's a it's a, it's a risk. That's probably the spiciest pick out of the lot. Mm. I then got Martin Odegaard. Arsenal have been fab so far. They looked so fluid in an attacking sense, uh, and their fixtures are stunning. Bournemouth and Fulham. 
Erdegaard's on free kicks. He's on corners. There's the real chance for assist potential. Club captain somehow. Club captain, so he's going to play. Uh, I did advise you against getting Erdegaard. You did because you're a massive hypocrite. <laughs> a massive hypocrite. Um, and the downside for him is that he hasn't been hugely involved in mm. the attacking play. He's up the till assister now. to the assister. Well, exactly. That's the sort of fear with Erdegaard. But you know, if he if he were to come good, him, Martinelli, and Jesus are a really aggressive triple up with Arsenal I think when you showed me those four options earlier well I, I didn't have Josh De Silva as well I know I was oh yeah of course I just jumped the gun that's right. <laughs> yeah, you nicked my spice pick from last week <laughs> Josh yeah. De Silva who I know we've already talked about him as someone who you probably can't you know bank on every week but of those four I was sort of looking at it on the sofa you know in my in my um, post-nap coma, going like, oh, none of them really jump out to me. I did go for Martin Erdegaard on your poll. That's fair. Only because I was is one that I was contemplating before, but yeah. like you've said, I mean, I'm not hugely, well, not hugely convinced. But I mean, I think for me, it just is indicative of of a wider problem and malaise in that. I just there, it's a really awkward price category I think so this year. that brings me to the Josh De Silva point right in that he is probably the most attractive cheap placeholder if I were to sell Sancho for De Silva I'm banking two million which means come next week I can upgrade a defensive position like you're thinking about doing and get a fifth defender spot in mm. I've got De Silva Pereira Greenwood on the bench and the the slight the difficult thing with De Silva is if you get him in he's playing Fulham which is good is he better than Pereira against Brentford? I don't know. I think it's much of a muchness. I don't think he is, personally. Also, the, the issue with De Silva is that there is a, a potential now that Brentford have signed Mikel Damsgaard that he may be in for one game week more and then start getting rotated. So, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. The four options, are, 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 maybe there is a much of a muchness there. The poll said 34 votes counted, agreed with you, the four lines are, are now closed. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the results have been independently verified. <laughs> the winner of the winner of Stockton does transfers 2022 is Martin Odegaard versus yeah. Bournemouth. Forty one percent, me included, have gone for Martin Odegaard. The the loser being Leandro Trossard on nine percent. So yeah, that was the one that your brother suggested, Leandro Trossard. Yeah, but let, let it be said that he is third in our mini. I kind of agree with him. I think Trossard's going to get goals and get points this season. I kind of feel like I should listen to the voters. I should. I should listen. Don't, don't I should, listen to the general I should public. Listen to the people. When have the people Our ever been? People. When have the people ever been right about anything <laughs> in this country in particular? You, you're part of the people that said I should go for Erdogan. Yeah, but, you, but I've already told you I'm a hypocrite. You shouldn't trust me. And also. You're beating me currently after two game weeks. Well, so, you know, what does that tell you? Should we move on to what you're thinking of doing? Um, um, well, because, pff, you I'm, know, you're, you're, you're similarly, you've got two similarly, I mean, my, so. my head's all over the place. I've, I um, <laughs> no, 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 it really is. Because, I don't know where I'm going, what's well, up, what's down, what's left, what's right. At first, my, my reactionary post-weekend thing was, hmm, maybe I should be contemplating the future of Money Mace, Mason Mount. Mm. Um, and then I thought, hmm, is the Liverpool double-up wise with all their defensive woes at the moment and then I thought came around and I thought well hang on a minute no I I do have long-term confidence in Robertson I do have long-term confidence in, in Mount who is just a flat track bully at times and I know he he had a good first half against Spurs 
in that he played well whilst not really being much of an attacking threat. Agreed. I do, I do back him to return some point soon. So then it's like those are two of the main parts of my team where I can generate cash that I have taught myself into locking down. Yeah. So I might just be going down the boring route of trying to work out what the hell I'm going to be doing with Leon Bailey, who is the most immediate fire that I need to address in the starting lineup. You had suggested to me that you wanted to get Gundogan in. Is that no longer in your thought process? But there's there's no there's no way of getting him in financially okay. for me. I literally can't. No, I, no. I can't yeah. get I can't get I, I If you had would, the money would you get him in? Possibly. But it would require me like having a magic money tree. And I think Gundogan would only have been a real option for me as a replacement for Mount. But I don't think it's a, a move worth making at this point. Gundogan's firmly on my watch list. But in answer to your question, Finn, pass. Got no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> what a rubbish answer. I know, but I've, but I've talked you through my... Well, it's not, it's, a, it's not a rubbish answer. I've taught you where my mindset is. I've taught you through what I'm thinking. I've, I've, given, you, I've given you an insight into the darkest recesses of my FPL brain. That's valuable. Oh, shut up. Oh, shut up. Well, just because, you know, only a Sith deals in absolutes, you prick. <laughs> Look, I've, I think, come the weekend, I don't think you'd be surprised to not see Leon Bailey feature as part of my 11. Yeah, I mean, look, you've got two free transfers. You probably ought to spend one of them getting Bailey out because you'll have two again next week. But then week here's the thing, right, because even though our good old Josh Silva was my Roll the Spice pick last Back week. Back yourself. And I, you know, if I'd backed myself last week, I'd be really, really pleased. But I feel like now I've missed the train. I feel like the Josh Silva train has left the station <laughs> with no return tickets available. Do you know what I mean? Well, and there, therein lies the rub. Maybe. On the subject of Roll the Spice. Enough let's, about let's, me. Let's do it, let's bring on the Let's bring on the garam masala. Roll the Spice. We're rolling the Spice. The Spice has been rolled... Finn. Yes. In the kitchen of Fort TDT, mm. before we started recording, yeah. you said, I'm holding you to this, Jacob, you can have first pick on Roll the Spice this week, because you did have it last week. Yeah, I had it last week, I think. Um, no, yeah. and, I, and I stand by that. I want you to give me your Roll the Spice pick. F- sorry, FYI feature, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, Roll the Spice, we're going to pick a spicy, tasty differential pick for you all to potentially get into your team. I know it doesn't take a lot for you to call me boring because you've already done it like three times in this Well, it's, you've got to be spicy, man. Well, no, but I think this is spicy enough for you. This might titillate your taste buds a bit, especially as I know you're a fan of this player. Okay. For the second week in a row, I'm going for a Brentford asset. I just think a really savvy shout to get in, if you are bold and as to, is a good old Aaron Hickey. Yeah, well, this was my shout for... Um, uh, star of the new star of the season now, I, mm, I think um especially in that shape that Brentford play and the attractive price that he's at and knowing what is he at is it four and a half yeah I think he's a four okay. I think he's a four and a half option I think I've got that right TDT elves run around the background like Rich Dosman and check this wait for it wait for it wait He's five mil. Yeah. He's five mil. He's five million. Well, this is extra spicy. He's owned by 0.4% of the game. It's a bit of an investment. Well, but he is spicy. But he is spicy. Um, I think for me, he's he's really impressive. Brentford are in good form. They've got the fixtures. Mm. Uh, had a good day against Man United. But to be honest, every single Brentford player is a good day against United. He did play well, though. He, he did I, play I well. I thought he was strong. Think, yeah, so... You know, not going to beat around the bush anymore. My role the spice pick for the week is... Brentford's Aaron Hickey. I think it's good. I I, I, I like it. I think it's a, a strong shout. Um, however, and this is spicy, the one that I'm going for here, and his ownership rate is 1.2%. 
So, it's a bit more yeah. than Hickey at point four, um, and he's not cheap. Okay. And the reason why I'm going for it is because 16.1% of the game owns Darwin Nunez. Still. You've gone for Bobby F. He's going to be out for three weeks, Nunez, and Jota ain't going to be back during that time. Wow. So for the next three weeks, Liverpool's main striker is going to be Roberto Firmino. Firmino last season averaged a goal contribution every game. But historically, when we've seen Firmino in the past, he's the sort of player who comes in fits and spurts. He's he's scored a few hat-tricks for Liverpool, um, and so you're you're not guaranteed to get a return during those game weeks. But Liverpool's fixtures during that time is Manchester United, who, according to the fantasy football difficulty, is a four. Make that a one. They're then at home to Bournemouth, and they're then at home to Newcastle. Okay. I mean, the counterpoint to all of this, and I know we're being spicy here, but you ask your average Liverpool fan, and and Bobby's been honking from recently. He's, he, he hasn't been great. He's got three games to make that up to <laughs> <laughs> Well, when he's bagged a hat-trick next week, Phineas, I will defer to your better judgment. It's, it's, it's a differential pick, and it is mainly for Nunez owners currently, because a lot of people will have three Liverpool yeah, assets already. You, I mean, if you've got your three Liverpool assets locked in like I have, and you, you know, you, Trent, Robbo and Salah, but you know, you've got, you definitely don't want to ditch one of them for Bobby. <laughs> for Bobby. However, yeah. if you're feeling spicy, why not go with one of our all the spice picks for the week. Yeah, we'll put out a poll on Twitter again. We'll talk about it next week. Probably win again. Last week you beat me nine to one. Yeah. So, but but I lost the game week. But you lost the game week. That's true. Yeah, but then again, it wasn't. Who's going to win this week? Um, I'm going to say me. In terms, <laughs> in terms of who we got currently, um, I think that you having uh, the Chelsea assets against Leeds, which I don't have, and Holland, mm. who I don't have, puts you in a better position. I think it will be uh, back towards even Stevens for me and you next week. I think my target for the week is just managing to break the seventy point threshold for the first time because I've been pretty slow and steady so far. Sixty nine, sixty six. You know, I'd like to get over the seventy hump for the first time this this season. I believe, mate. That's all for another instalment of the Drunken Transfer for another week. Hey. We made it, Phineas. We did, we did. Um, I'm excited to see what people have to say about the Roll of Spice picks. Um, and I'm a bit nervous. I'm excited to see how you manage to tank your rank for next week as well. <laughs> <laughs> I brought I've in got three an... Villa assets <laughs> <laughs> and he's accidentally fallen asleep on the bench boost button <laughs> um, so I've got an 11 point deficit to overturn sure. for game week 3 yeah I, I'm, I'm worried I'm worried I think your team is in a better position this week yeah. well we'll have to see and that's part of the fun isn't it yeah. we don't know what's going to happen thanks to everyone for listening uh, follow us on Twitter at Drunken Transfer and uh, join us again next week ciao take care love you lots bye bye <laughs>